Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, John Cartwright, Penrith Pure. In part one, the early years, the family history at Penrith and a debut he didn't see coming. The story continues. We often talk about genes in sporting families. It amazes me, astonishes me. Your son Jed, your nephew Bryce have almost identical characteristics in their footy game. Not as good, I know, <laughs> but still very impressive. I think they are. Can you see it? Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. I, I, uh, I, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the things you pick up. Uh, as a footballer, especially when you're young, you pick up by watching. You know, yeah. You know, like, I'll never forget my son running down a street one day doing Benji Marshall steps on telegraph poles, you know, and I thought the only possible place he can see that or learn that is is watching yep. Benji do it on the TV, you know. And I, and I thought about it a bit more, and, and it's true, you know. We, we, we Probably as coaches we try to think that we taught the players these things, but yep. I, I think it's, you know, if you really love something – and you watch it, yeah. you go out and practice it and practice it and practice it, and then it becomes second nature. So it's pretty – a lot of the young kids – a lot of the young guys these days don't watch a lot of footy because they're saturated with it, you yep. know. So they don't necessarily watch – you know, I remember talking to sides as a coach saying, boys, you watch – you know, did you watch the game last night? Did you see, you know, the referees are, are on us? Yep. And probably three or four guys might put their hand up and say, yeah, yeah, yeah I watched it. The rest mm. were – you know, so – that sort of amazes me because I know, yep. like I was glued to it. I, I I couldn't get enough of it. To be fair, though, when we were growing up, there was only two games on TV a week. <laughs> now there's eight. You're right. We were starved of it, you yeah. know, and it was, you know, like I, I always went to Penrith Park when I, when I could go. But yeah. yeah, you're dead right. There was there wasn't uh, the exposure and there wasn't the. Op- the opportunity to watch it as it was. I know. still watch all eight every weekend. I can <laughs> I can never get enough. I tell the missus it's for work. <laughs> we'll rewind a little back to. 90 and 91, the grand finals, both against Canberra. Canberra won 90, Penrith won 91. What stands out on the day, or day and night as it was? Uh, the, the 1990 game, all, it was a game where we were a chance to win. You know, they, were, they were a champion side. They'd done it before, and, and when things got close, they just kept start, you know, kept pulling away from yep. us. They won. Ricky Stewart's kicking game was, was unbelievable. The thing I remember about that game was that they – the reserve grade went to extra time and okay. they didn't cater for the extra time to for a three o'clock kickoff. So yeah. all of a sudden the first grade, it wouldn't happen now, but the first grade game was put back to like 325 or something, you know. So we're in the shed, all of us playing our first, first, first grand final, you know, nervous as hell. And – Three o'clock come and they said, "Oh, look, you know, the game's not going to kick off till three twenty-five, you know." And there were, you know, it was a day oh, where wow, a lot of guys were full of, you know, they were full of adrenaline, and it was yeah. a, it was a time when you know the, the guys used to get real animated about just yep. before kickoff, you know. So uh, three o'clock comes and we're in a circle, just ready to kill, you know. Yep. And then knock on the door and. Uh, yeah, uh, no, we've got extra time in the game. You, and so they still went on with the – they the, finished the game and they went on with the entertainment and we ran out 325. Yeah, it was the same for both teams, but it was but it was, it was just something that stuck in my memory. I remember I, I went for a wander 
out the out the dressing sheds, and there were, I heard some guys talking behind the door, and I opened up the door, and it was the band. The the band had been put back as well, so they were in there uh, just sitting back, singing a few tunes, and they just asked me to join in. I, I can't think who the band. Uh, not really sure who the band. Well, I can't remember who it was, but anyway, so I just went in there and sat with them for a while while they just practiced a few of their tunes without the instruments and it was Did you join in never sing or just sat there? No, I just sat there and watched it. Just it relaxed me. It just made me forget about uh what I was going to do for the next twenty five minutes. What about ninety one? That's a life changer. Yeah. It's it's true to a point that you you know it, you can win your first grand final, there's no doubt about that. Yep. But I think if you've played one and you're lucky enough to get to the next one, I think it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. You know, I think you you're way better prepared. I know by myself, I was way calmer. Um, the whole group was way calmer. Yep. You know, we Gus was a, was a was a uh, yeah. He was a general at preparing sides to get them at their peak right at the right time. And I think that year was he typified that year. You know, we were, we were the best side all year. We had a little form slump towards the back end of the year. I think that was designed. You know, he, he brought. Roy Simmons back into the side who'd been playing reserve grade and the whole town got a buzz out of that, you know, just – and I'm 100% sure it was all planned. Yeah. Uh, Roy's come in and played the last four or five games, you know, should have got man of the match in the grand final. Yeah, and, I agree. You know, Gus, Gus just – you know, if it was it was like a, a Bart Cummings performance, I suppose, he just – he just, you know, he just played the – you know, pulled the strings and, and got it all together at the right time. Gus is Gus. Gus is polarising. People that know him have an opinion about him uh, when they don't know the truth. He can be the loveliest, most genuine man you've ever met and he can walk past you the next day and not acknowledge you. He's a different one. He, he certainly is. I, I, I used to live next door to him for a fair period of time at uh, when I was playing, yeah, when he was coaching, I was playing at Penrith and you know, you, you treat people how they treat you, and he, you know, he was uh, he was so good for me uh, personally. Um, you know, I, I don't think I would have ever achieved what I did in the game without him. Um, certainly had some, uh, you know, you don't go through a footy career um, without having some tough times. You know, you, you personally, and uh, and Gus was, you know, he he lifted me. Uh, on more than one occasion, when you know, I was I was probably thinking about doing other things, yep. and and, uh, and to this day, you know, I, you know, through my coaching at uh, through the rest of my playing career, through my coaching career at the Titans, um, you know, to Jed playing at Penrith, he's he's always uh, sent me. You know, he's he's not the you know. Let's put it this way: he's never going to be a best mate, never be with him every afternoon. Yeah. But I know Gus, and I know what I get, and I know if I needed uh, a favour to. If I know whatever I needed tomorrow, he'd go out of his he'd way to get it, it for me. Yeah. I agree. 91, how special was it to you, but more importantly, to the entire family, considering the association with the club? What did it mean? Uh, well, what it means, it's still um, so important to me to this day uh, that I was able to be a part of the f- first premiership team at Penrith. You know, I... I Dad fought really hard to get the – and Dad never really spoke about it much. I probably picked up more off Mum than I did Dad about yeah. the journey to get there, you know. But the things that he did, and again, you know, going back to the 40s, and he, and he got himself back on the board in the 90s as well. So he you know, he, he had a 
he had a genuine love for the club, but he had a genuine love for the area. Not not many people knew that the reason Dad wanted to get Penrith into the New South Wales Rugby League at the time was that he he thought people looked down on people from the West. It was a wow. And so, almost wasn't about football alone. No, it was, about def- the it was more. Yeah, as he loved. Well, we we grew up in St Mary's. He was born and bred in Richmond, but moved to Penrith as a as a young fella. Then, when he got married and had a family, he moved to St Mary's, and he just hated the fact that he thought people looked down on mm. people from the west, and he thought the best the best way we can show what we're capable of and what the area is capable of is get a team in the New South Wales Rugby League, and he. Yeah, you know, he, he always had a, a background in rugby league, so that was it was a, just a natural progression for mm. him. You know, he's, and Dad was a really, really determined man. You know, he wouldn't. I never saw him back a, back away from anything, and he was the fight to get the boy, the team into the competition took him a long time, and and he wasn't on his own. He had a lot of help. You know, he had counsel, but he recruited all the right people that yeah. he needed to, um, and he was up against it too. You know, there was there, I think there was. Cronulla, who got in, and Wentworth were favourites to get in. Yeah, when, um, when he was, and and he got it done, and it was uh, so to be part of the the side and to have him, you know, and Mum there, it was uh, it was a, yeah, a real special moment, mate. Getting choked up, Cardi. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> That's a wonderful memory to look back on, and and so fondly. Well, it is. I, I and I, you probably don't realise it. Until you talk about it, you know, yeah. and I, uh, and just for me personally too, like I never made a, I never thought I'd get to that level. I, mm. you know, Penrith was a tough area to play. Oh yes, to make any sort of representative side. You know, I, I never made a representative side um, my whole up until I was, I think, I, well, I played under 18s at Penrith, so 14s, 15s, 16s, 17s, 18s. I, mm. I'd never made. A representative team, you know. So I, I honestly thought that I, I would never get to. I would have been just so happy to play yep. one third grade game at Penrith, you know. And I kept that sort of. I think that kept me grounded because I did keep that mantra the whole way through. I once I'd played a third grade game, all I wanted to do was play a second grade game, yeah. you know, and then I played a second grade game, and then all I wanted to do was play a first grade game. And so I just appreciated every step along the way. Any elite athlete will tell you it takes more than just being physically fit to be at your best. And our friends at Galaxy Finance can have you at the top of your financial game. From home loans to investments and self-managed super funds, they provide complete solutions. Call Galaxy Finance on 1300 917740 and mention you heard it on Andy Raymond Unfiltered to get an obligation-free chat to see how Galaxy Finance can assist you. Because we work in the game, I feel at times we can and do take things for granted, like how important the game of footy is and, and the success of a footy side, how big a bearing that can have on someone's life. Like the fans, did you realise pretty quickly in 91... How special this was, A, for you guys, but in all honesty, how it completed lives in those around the community? Just the the trip back from the grand – or the the, the lead-up to the 90 grand final was enormous. You know, I know know the the following year Gus pulled right back on that. It was, you know, it was almost like a celebration the year we made it. So he pulled right back on that. But the trip back from the the footy stadium to Penrith in 91 was – 
you know, I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. Amazing. It, it, they, they lined the freeway from Blacktown. Um, the closer we got to Penrith, the, the wider the – you know, there's people are standing on the expressway with cars going past at 120k an hour. And they're, they're pushing up close to the – just to see the bus as it went past, you know. And we had to take a back street because the, there was too many. It was dangerous, too many people. And then people – the word got out and then they were lining that street. And when we got to the club, it was just a sea of people. You, know, you couldn't see – a spot of gra- a spot of grass anywhere. It was just a sea of people. I'm not. I'm not. I think they said there was hundred thousand people within the club, oh. and and on because Penrith Leagues Club's enormous. Like they've yeah. got the surrounds, goes for acres and acres, and there wasn't a spare bit of grass. Um, it was just. I know. I think it had had to do what sort of Dad said. It, you know, it just sort of it put Penrith on the map. You know, people didn't look down on us anymore. Mal said in '89, Canberra grew a soul. The city grew a soul because the team won. I can see the the same type of analogy with Penrith, as the positivity that comes out of winning a competition. Mate, not interested in negativity or, or the blame game either. That's for another interview and another podcast. It happened. The club basically imploded in the months after the premiership. How hard, how emotional. Yeah, that, that was horrible, mate. I, 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 really, I think we all thought that we were going to go on a – we had a, a, enough talent in the team and enough talent coming through. I think yep. we'd made the reserve grade grand final the, last, the two years as well. So we had a lot of talent coming through. Uh, we had depth. We had the coach. You know, we, we had the experience. So I think we all thought that we were, you know, if we didn't win another one, we were going to really push hard over the next three or four years, which, um, you know, we were all at good ages to do so. Yeah. Uh, you know, just through circumstance, mate, we, we probably didn't, all of us, you know, we didn't handle – the wins, you know, so well. I'm pretty sure we we didn't come back and train as hard as what we did those previous two years. Um, and you know, through we had the uh, the, the the biggest thing that happened that really hurt the town and hurt the club was young Ben's accident. Yep. You know that Ben was the life of the club. He was a he was a, a little smarty smarty pants. He was a, he had a, always had a smile on his face. He was everyone's friend, and uh, to lose him the way. That, that we did, um, it just, you know, just left everyone, um, you just scratch your head, you know. A boy yeah. that young had the whole his whole life in front of him. To lose him like that was it was just such a tragedy, you know, for everyone involved. And uh, it, 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 it was tough to sort of get your head around football after that. Yeah, football didn't mean as much all of a sudden. It were tough times. You were also named club captain. A very special honour, but in very difficult circumstances. Was it a boyhood dream fulfilled, or was it? I don't need this. Uh, again, because uh, def- uh, I was able to captain. I think I captained for four or five years after that. So, yep. at the time, yeah, didn't didn't mean a lot, mate. No, it was it was um, just the, the the circumstances of it. It was like I said, you know, Ben was he was. My younger brothers' age, they grew up together. They were, they were, they were good mates. Um, it was, you know, we, we, we had a couple of good wins after that year and, and um, you know, they were probably just all based on emotion, you know, but at, at some point you can't keep playing on emotion, you know. You, you end up falling off the cliff and and that's what happened. And I think, you know, by the end of that year we all, we all needed a good break. Rewinding again, 1990, you were selected for the Kangaroo Tour. That was what every player dreamt of achieving. They were old school tours, 
that 12 weeks in length. Is that an experience you look back on fondly? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, you're I look, smiling like a guilty nineteen-year-old. <laughs> oh, that was the absolute ultimate. I do remember sitting up and watching, you know, test matches as uh, they were on around midnight them yeah. days. So for a young, you know, you always got mum and dad let you stay up and watch. And I remember sitting up and watching test matches and remember the crowds and, uh, you know, and as you start to play, Royce had, had been on one in '86, and you know, he just talked about what a fantastic time that they had. And you know, three months away as a it wasn't professional then, so. To go away for three months to play football with a huge, with a group of guys, you know, was yeah. it, apart from what you'd heard about it, it was just, you know, it was something that every footballer wanted to do. You know, it's such a shame that they we're not able to do them as as we we could back then. But well, I, I wouldn't have done half the things that I've done. Um, you know, coaching wise, I got to know a lot of players. You know, well, Kevy's was on that tour, and I become good friends with Kevy, and I'm. I'm up there coaching in, in, in Brisbane now, so just the, the the friendships. I'm still great mates with Dave Gillespie, with Ricky Stewart, um, with Alfie Langer, with Chris Johns. Um, you know, all, all because of, of those tours. So it was it was everything that I thought it would be and more. In speaking with Mal, Ricky, and Laurie, who we've previously done Legend Series interviews with, they all say to a man, "It was about footy." But it was about growing, learning, and maturing as a bloke. You agree? Yeah, it was. You know, you, you when you you look at it, you know, you, you you're you're away not only with you know the, the we take away the, the the three months away and you're mm. playing football and having fun. You, you're with twenty eight of the best players in the game. You know? Oh yeah. And so the the chance to you're learning without realising it. You, yep. you know, you I, 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 if I went if I was able to do it again. You know, I'd probably have a little bit different approach. You know, I, I, I just, I was at a like a kid in a lolly shop. You know, yeah. and I, I know I just looked around and all these great players around me. I just thought all I had to do was just do my job, and yep. and everything else would fall into place. But uh, you know, I probably would have taken a, a little bit different attitude as far as that's concerned. But you only learn that through experience. Fifty-two percent footy, forty-eight percent beer drinking and misbehaving. Would have <laughs> you swapped that round? You reckon? Uh, I don't know if that's the right percentage. It'd be, it might be a little bit higher, I think. might be 60-40. <laughs> I love it. Mate, 11 years of first grade, then a run of injury. Super League's arrival came, and I'm assuming for you a level of frustration as well. In 97, you moved to the UK to play with Salford. Right move? Uh, it was at the time, mate. I was, I'd, from about 92... So '93 to when I finished at Penrith, I, I don't think I went a year without um, having a major injury. Yeah. You know, I, I had three shoulder reconstructions. I had an ankle re- reconstruction. So there was four years I, I didn't give the club the service that, yep. that they need, you know, that I wanted to give and that I, that I needed to give. Uh, you know, you, I was, I was, at the other side of thirty. I was my best footy was behind me, and I, I didn't want to leave Penrith. Um, on a bad note, you know. So I, I had another year to go and I, I spoke – Royce was the coach and Royce, you know, he's one of my best mates. And I said – we had a good talk, a heart-to-heart talk and then we sort of at, – at the end of that meeting, I was, we both decided – well, I decided it was in my best interest and the club's best interest that I, yeah, pursued a, a role overseas. And I'm, I'm so glad that I did because it was a – I had a great experience over there. I enjoyed every – I had another I, – I broke my arm over there so yeah. – I I, uh, the run of injuries continued, but 
Um, I, I got a I got a fair whack of games in over there, and we had a couple of good wins, um, and, and made some great mates, and, and really had a good time. A highlight. Is it hard to look back and nominate just one from a decorated career? It is. Uh, well, it is and it isn't. You know, there was so. You know, I think the the highlight in general is just the times that you had. You know, from. I love the memories of when I first started and we had three grades. So you, yeah. you've got about 60 guys running around um, at training on a Tuesday and a Thursday, you know. You you pity the poor coaches in them days. There's probably only two <laughs> or three coaches, you know. And they're trying to look after 60 guys who were just pretty much there wanting to play footy with yep. their mates, you know, and having fun. And uh, But, you know, as far as results, mate, you, you, the ultimate is a grand final, you know. It's it's pretty easy to put that above everything because you do it with yep. the, with your mates. You know, you do rep footy. You get sort of thrown in, and you become friends. And it's and it's it's more about a an achievement uh, when you do something with a, with a with a rep jumper. But I think when you win a grand final with with your mates, it just it just goes to another level. Any regrets? What would you change? Uh, I, I would change my attitude. If anything, I, I always and I talk to try to talk to Jed about this and and. Uh, I, I didn't demand enough of myself. I, when okay. I said to you earlier that I, you know, I, I was just happy to play a third grade game, yep. then I was happy just to play a second grade game, and, and so on. And then I went, you know, to New South Wales, and I thought, well, you know, I've played one game that that'll. I'm so uh, happy that I've done it. I, I certainly would be more hungry in there. I think it just it, it come back from I suppose you know my upbringing and and. Uh, as I say, just the attitude that I had when I when I got it, I never expected it, you know. So, and I, I never every level I went, I never expected to achieve it. So, it's sort of uh, if I did have my time again, I certainly would attack every level that I came that I that I got to um, a little bit differently. The coaching career is a story for another day. I believe you changed the way forwards play and you left a huge imprint on the game of rugby league as a player. John Cartwright, you, sir, are a legend. Oh, thank you very much, Andy. It's been fun. We hope you enjoyed John Cartwright, Penrith Pure, the weekly Wodge arrives Thursday and the Blast on Saturday. Our next Legend Series interview next week, Kevin Campion. We hope you come back soon. Legends.